Here in a second, you're going to say to yourself, is he really going to talk about this again? And the answer is yes. Yes, I am. What am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about my cast. This is my cast that I received when I broke my pinky in December. And there was a period of time when I couldn't stop talking about this cast because I loved it so much. Uh, eventually, I took it off. I declared myself healed. I took my cast. I framed it. I put it up in the rectory. Father Drew loves that. Um, but I'm going to talk about this cast yet again today. A couple things. After I broke my pinky on that very, very treacherous double black diamond hill sledding here in Manhattan in December, I went to my good friend Dr. Hodges. He gave me this monster, and I was a little bit embarrassed, but then when I showed the students, they started asking that normal question, hey, can we sign it? Can we sign it? And I'm like, sure. I was looking at it this morning, maybe around 100 signatures. And for me, it's just a, a memory of a time when we could actually be within like arm's length of human beings, <laughs> like 100 of them, like 100 different people in this past year have been within arm's length of me, at least close enough to sign my cast. That was a different time. Uh, it's kind of nice just to think about it. So if you would indulge me for a second, I'm going to do that. Okay, that's enough. All right, but that's not why I want to talk about my cast. I don't want to talk about all of that. I want to talk about three different words that I find here on my cast. Three different words. Not names, just three words. Words that, that I actually wrote. I wrote them when I was in, in Phoenix, Arizona. I was actually I was at a conference, the SLS conference, Student Leadership Conference, that was put on by the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, by Focus. It was the last day. And, and all week long, we had just the most incredible presentations from the most incredible minds in the Catholic Church in America. And then we got to the last day, and I think I was already packed up. I had all of my notes put away. There was nothing worthwhile that I was going to get on the last day that I hadn't already received. So I wasn't, even, I wasn't taking notes. I was just sitting there listening. And then the founder of Focus began speaking, a man by the name of Curtis Martin. And he said something, something that stuck with me far more than anything else that I'd heard at the conference that week. And if I tell the story, he said that he was speaking with a man by the name of Christian Smith. Christian Smith, who is a, a sociologist out of Notre Dame. And Christian Smith said, Curtis, I think you're going to enjoy my new book. In my new book, we had hundreds of researchers that interviewed thousands of families, Catholic families. And we were able to, to take two groups, a set of families where all of the children within that family have left the Catholic Church, and we were able to compare them to families where all of the children within that family had embraced and remained within the Catholic Church. And Curtis Martin, he said, I was extremely excited. He said to Christian Smith, what did you learn? And Christian Smith said, we learned one thing above all. One thing above all. And then he said what I wrote down right here. He said, yes, it was important to pray together as a family. Yes, it's important to eat together as a family. But above all of that, there was one thing that, that rose above. It was this. Families who have regular spiritual conversations. 
families that have regular spiritual conversations, those are the families in which the children stay within the, the Catholic Church, that they embrace the faith. So there's your question. In your life, are you having regular spiritual conversations? Those are the words I wrote right here with my silver sharpie. Regular spiritual conversation. An important thing to be talking about. If this is the one thing that rises above all the others, as far as whether or not the people you love remain within the faith, well, I think it's something we should pay attention to. Regular spiritual conversation. Curtis Martin said that's exactly what they're trying to do at Focus. They're trying to get students leading other students in Bible studies so that they can have regular spiritual conversations. You might be, be thinking to yourself, there's, there's no way, though, that I could do that. I know myself, and it's so hard to talk about those kinds of things with my friends, with my family members, with my coworkers. I don't think, think that there's any way that I could do it. So I'm going to train you. I'm going to give you a little bit of training. First of all, all sorts of people do all sorts of things that you wouldn't believe were possible. It happens all the time. For example, I would have never imagined that Father Drew could run seven consecutive miles without stopping. But he did it just yesterday. Just yesterday, Father Drew ran seven miles. I'm so impressed. He's telling me that he heard that the Olympics was bumped back a summer, so he might be training for the Olympics. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> People do things all the time that they don't think that they can do. So here's your training. How are you going to do this? How are you going to begin having spiritual conversations with the people you love? Grab a Bible. I know that you have one. As Brian said last night, dust that thing off and open it up. Most of the Bibles even have these little headings, these darker, bold print headings. And you can just open it to any page and just read a few verses. The parable of the mustard seed. And read the parable, the teaching on the mustard seed. And, and say to your family, say to your friends, what do you think Jesus was talking about with that? What do you think Jesus was trying to teach us when he was talking about this tiny little mustard seed? What do you think it was like to be with Jesus when he said that? What do you think it would have been like to see Jesus do that? Those three things, those three questions. If you just ask those three questions regularly, you will have spiritual conversation. What do you think it was like to see Jesus do that? What would it have been like to be with Jesus when he did or said that? What do you think Jesus meant when he told us this? If you open up the scriptures in that way, you will begin having spiritual conversations. Again, this is the one thing that rises above all the rest. All the rest. This thing looks ridiculous. I'm putting it away. You know the road to Emmaus, this gospel that we just read? What was it? It was a spiritual conversation. These two disciples having a spiritual conversation even talking about their doubts, their concerns, their worries. It's a spiritual conversation. But what happened? The Lord entered into that conversation, and the Lord guided that conversation. He'll do the same for you. If you have the courage to ask those questions, what do you think Jesus meant when he said this? What do you think it would have been like to be with Jesus when he did this? To see him do this? If you begin the conversation, he will enter in. If you are humble about it, regular spiritual conversations, 
He will enter in. He will guide you. Be humble. Not regular spiritual shouting matches with your kids. Regular spiritual conversations. What does he say? Wherever two or three are gathered, I am in your midst. That's his promise to you. He'll be there like he was with the the disciples on the road to Emmaus. He will help guide them through the conversation. He will break open the word to them. Help them have an understanding of the meaning of it. Perhaps you will be asked questions that you can't answer. That's okay. What do you do? If you don't know the answer, don't make something up. Just say, I don't know. But I'll find out and get back to you. And then be willing to do that. Where do you go? You go to formed.org. You go to catholic.com. You figure out what's going on with, with ascension. The, the different teachings that are out there. Bishop Barron, see what he's saying about the topic. Find these things out. It'll make you grow as well. And so whether it's with your own children, whether it's with your friends, whether it's with your coworkers, whether it's with your Zoom group this week, find a way to increase the number of spiritual conversations. Close with this. Close with this. When we do this little thing to our forehead, our lips, and our heart, right before the gospel, what we're saying to ourselves, the appropriate prayer to pray at that time is this. Lord, be on my mind, on my lips, and in my heart. In fact, even when we pray that blessing over Deacon Brian, when he says, your blessing, Father, what do we say? May the Lord be in your heart and on your lips so that you can proclaim his gospel worthily and well. It's not enough for the Lord simply to be on your mind and in your heart. He must also be on your lips. He must be on your lips. My brothers and sisters, if you care enough, if you care enough about your loved ones that you want them to continue in the faith, if you care about their faith lives, if you care about their happiness, if you care about their eternal destiny, then you'll muster up a little bit of courage and begin having some regular spiritual conversations. Perhaps you're even called to share this homily. Maybe that's not something that you're going to regularly do. Put it on your digital media page of some form. But maybe that's what you're called to do today, to begin the conversation. So be courageous. Regular spiritual conversations change the world.